Hey, Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And you're on the air with Power Squared. Uh, this week, we're going to, I guess, put to bed Comic Con 2022. We're going to sort of recap our experience. Uh, Paul, you did a, a really good video, which is also up on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, called SDCC 2022 Vlog. So yeah. I encourage people to check that out. Uh, yeah, that vlog was the first time I decided to do a post-narration instead of uh, what we did last time, which was uh, compiling a bunch of footage that we took in real time. The idea behind doing the post-narration was uh, we could more experience the con in the moment instead of, like, stopping to record stuff. Right, yeah, right. Uh, and... However, I did uh, suggest uh, taking B-roll at certain moments, mm -hmm. so then that way I could more easily put it in a video later. Is it helpful? Yeah. Um, I try to, you know, video my record, I should say, my walking to someplace. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I didn't film certain things, but again, I was, like, experiencing it in the moment, so it was hard to... I'm not the kind of person who is like, oh, I should film this. Yeah. You can I kind of wish you could wear like a hat that just had a camera on it and walk around, but you look like a dork. Yeah, or you could <laughs> wear a GoPro on your chest or something. Or have a guest with you who's a dedicated camera. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I'm sure some people do. Yeah, I'm sure uh, people do. We're not... Uh, theoretically, that video should have come out the week before. However, I spent some time uh, writing a script based on our thoughts and like while it was fresh in our, in our heads and then uh it took me like i picked a day to film and then it took me a couple of days to put it together because yeah. i'm not very quick with like video editing and uh i uh, was doing more complex stuff than i would normally do okay well uh we're not so again i wrote about the experience on my blog yeah you did a vlog and we're gonna do this podcast and i think that'll be the end of it <laughs> yeah uh for a year yeah <laughs> next year we'll talk about getting ready and uh, but yeah. anyway. so uh i know we were apprehensive about going yeah uh because of you know covid has not gone away even though everyone wants to pretend it has yeah um but i kind of felt like they took a lot of precautions yeah you had to have a you had to show proof of vaccination and wear a, a orange wristband yeah that said you had been tested or not tested but passed inspection yeah. and then uh which like, I, that was a proof of vaccination which i had a lot of fun with mine i uh, <laughs> uh well we were standing in line i went to the uh the restroom and came back and was looking down and I didn't have it on anymore <laughs> like what happened to it fortunately you found it yeah I and I, I also realized that it was there because nobody needed one yeah if it had been something that you had to have but you know you could get that far and not have it then it would probably been gone it was just there and then mine slipped off once in the hotel room mine did too so it's part of it we were wearing gloves yes yeah, so and they get caught up in the glove and you, so then I was a lot more careful so mine had to be like stapled and taped back together. Yeah. It was really kind of uh, for a while, uh, for a little bit after the con, I also felt like a phantom wristband. <laughs> you kind of feel the. Paper. It didn't help that uh, it was a paper wristband, so it got all like moist and gross by the end of it. Yeah, but you know, and then the other wristband of which we still had was the Ozzy Osbourne one. Yeah, that would have been a cool uh, souvenir, but unfortunately they snipped that off. Yeah, I snipped that off. 
I, you yeah. couldn't let me have that? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, maybe were it. After what you put us through? Yeah, so what we're referring to is the signing on Friday? Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne was... Which, uh, by the way, in the blog, I almost subtitled Friday the Ozzy rant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ozzy Osbourne was at the... I forget the name, Pinball people. Stern Pinball. Stern Pinball. Which you kind of like, why Stern Pinball? But he was there uh, signing a poster with Todd McFarland and two other people. Yeah. We have since learned who they were. And I have since forgot. Okay. Um, uh, but they were the artists of the comic book. Yeah. The, so Ozzy was putting, is putting on album Patient Number 9, so they were hyping uh, the album and a comic based on the album. Right. And Todd McFarlane drew the cover, which right. was what was on the uh, thing. So the idea and was it was a it was a lottery to get in to see him. Yeah. Um, before that, I was gonna say I think Stern Pinball. They probably when was it was Stern Pinball probably had something to do with it because uh, I know uh, Nuclear Blast has hosted Stern Pinball before. Uh huh. So and I think uh, Stern Pinball has done uh, machines based on uh, metal artists. Right. Well, so it, I think that's kind of the connection. It seemed like an odd, you know, pin. It seemed weird there was pinball there anyway. But yeah. So anyway, uh, and the fact that they were hosting it, but it was a lottery to get in, uh, which I I really I understand you need. It's good to have a lottery. Yeah. But didn't see if they would actually eliminated anybody because <laughs> there was a really long line of people. Uh, but I, I don't I don't like the feeling like. I guess it's better that it was online and maybe kind of random than you've we've had it where you stand in line and they go oh nope sorry not you not yeah you. takahashi was like you get there into a line early in the morning and then you random draw yeah we is, were super lucky when we, we had like godly luck when we got to <laughs> right but and that's the kind of like you know i was in line yeah why don't you know, i get the ticket you know why is it a random lottery that was kind of a but so it was good, at least better that they eliminated the uh, wait in line for the lottery process. But you still had to wait in line for like a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, to get a wristband. It was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and that was good enough to get you into the line again to get the uh, to get the poster. Yeah, um, and then it was sort of disorganized from that point on. Yeah, I think uh, I I got in line around, around, around eleven because you know I, I know how it works. Yeah, the impression was disorganized from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, apparently. Anyway, so I, I stood in line for an hour, and then you realize it's twelve o'clock and the line hasn't moved, and like twelve fifteen, Ozzy arrives. Finally. Yeah, which was a little. You know, I know he's a big star and all that, but there are a lot of people whose schedule you're now effing with. Yeah, our schedule was kind of warped around, revolved around being able to see him. Yeah, and uh, but and but it's us times a hundred, two or three hundred people that you've just sort of messed with because you came in late and um, and it's not like it was eight in the morning; it was noon for God's sake. Yeah. Um, But anyway. then so finally and i had a, a panel i wanted to go to a kickstarter panel uh because I, we knew the people that were actually doing it apologies to cat Colomia. yeah um 
and um, but I kind of felt like I wasn't sure what was going on, and uh, the second signing seemed even less organized. And I kind of felt like if I got out of line, then maybe we, none of us would end up with a poster. Yeah. And it was sort of the, I guess I'll say the father in me took over <laughs> from the professional in me, and I, I waited it out. Uh, and got, got. now the fun part was they were signing posters, but you didn't actually get the poster that you saw him sign. It was a pre-signed poster. And you can see it's got... Ozzy Osbourne, I'm pointing where Ozzy and Todd McFarlane, um, and, uh, and these two artists. Uh, one of them was uh, Jason Sean Alexander. Okay. And I forgot the other one. All right. Just Jonathan G. Okay. I'll just say. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it's so in the video. So you wait for an hour and fifteen minutes, and you can't talk to Ozzy. You can't take a photograph. I was like, "Is he shy suddenly? You can't take a photograph of Ozzy Osbourne." But they were trying to get everybody just to keep going by, and you had maybe three seconds to look at him. When you realized there's Ozzy Osbourne, and you moved on. He wasn't looking at you or trying to make eye contact or anything. Yeah. And then there's Jonathan Gallopan. Okay. Got it in. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a person at the end of the thing. Here's your poster. Come get it. So you keep walking through. And uh, then they cut the wristband off. Yeah. Like, okay, thanks. Why can't I keep it? Um, and then you're, you're and then you're stuck with this poster, which is we we were thinking it maybe be around you know a, a bit larger poster, but it's this size. So then suddenly you have to go find something to put it in, or it's going to get ruined. I figured. And hot flips. Yeah was a lifesaver and everybody ended up who I think I messed it up with this uh, everybody who uh, got the poster and you can't see this on the podcast but imagine that it's a poster of Ozzy Osbourne um, I was going to say glossy 11 by yeah. 17 and uh, they luckily had these top loaders that you could put it in and once you discovered everybody who got the poster wanted to go down there so that guy probably cleaned up yeah uh, that day was probably a really good day for him. Um, and th but the other thing was, you guys still got in line. There was a second signing, especially yeah. twelve and a one ten. Like they thought it'd be over by one o'clock, I assume. I almost didn't get in at the end because uh, someone tried to send me over to where the line wasn't. Right. And then, so you and your brother and your mother, yeah, all were in line, and you all got posters signed, but. They weren't signed. Again, this is great for radio. Uh, they were not signed by Todd McFarlane. Just uh, Ozzy, Jason Starn, Alexander, and Jonathan Gallatin. The, the three that really count. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but it was sort of like, hey, what happened? It was supposed to be... The thing on the Comic-Con lottery said, and Todd McFarlane. Right. So where was Todd McFarlane? <laughs> and while you were there, Ozzy was still signing posters. Yeah. And you were at the end of the line. Yep. So... I was the, uh, Char and I were the end of the line, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> so, where was, you know, how come Todd McFarlane didn't sign him in advance? I don't know. It was just sort of messed up. Yeah. But we have one. So, it was a good thing you stayed. And somebody offered me $10 for it. No. <laughs> not, <laughs> after, I, not after all that. Yeah, I said no. Thank Did you. you pay with hours of your life? I don't think so. Yeah. So I offered to sell it to him for a thousand, but he turned me down. But actually, that's what they were selling for was selling for on eBay initially. Yeah. So, but we're not selling it. No, we're not. Not and, for sale. No. Anyway, so that was kind of a. 
I, I think kind of the biggest, I'll say fiasco yeah. of, the, of the thing, because uh, it did sort of mess up. I'm sorry we couldn't go to the Kickstarter panel. I'd like to have gone. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's information I'll never find out. Um, and all the Kickstarters were failed because they didn't go. Um, but uh, that was kind of, that was, I think, it was, you know, you, you got something cool, but there's always a Comic-Con. Every time we go to Comic-Con, you always see somebody walking around with something and go, where'd you get that? Yeah. And I kind of felt for at least a little bit that I had that, where'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> now I am the one. Yes. As the thing people. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of a little, kind of a interesting experience and also kind of scary at the same time because I, yeah. I don't want you to take it from me. I don't want you to touch it or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, kind of reminds me of something I remember I uh, got a, or years ago uh, when Yo-Kai Watch was more relevant in the West. Uh, I got into it and one of the things I got was a Jewel Neon set from uh, the Hasbro booth and uh, I saw a review of it on a somewhat humorous review of it online mm -hmm. afterwards and uh, there was a line from it that stuck with me which was the epitome of small victories <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of true yeah um, so that's kind of the biggest fiasco what was the, the and I went to several panels that didn't really pan out for me yeah unfortunately I, I went to one where I was hoping to get uh information about enamel pen. I thought that'd be kind of a cool thing to make enamel pens yeah. for Power Squared, but it was about people trying to, who make their own and are trying to sell them and are know each other and it's a little, you know, it wasn't really informative or how you could break in or how you have your own pens made or anything like that, which was okay. Not that great. And there was one about how to be your own comic book creator and, uh, and it, it you would have to have a lot of software and spend a lot of time learning about software. Yeah. And uh, it, it just... It Honestly, wasn't. with the video, uh, there were so many that didn't pan out, I didn't bother naming all of them. No, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it, it also would not look like our comic book look, so it would have this 3D kind of look to it. Yeah, and, and, that wouldn't work well for us. No. And uh, then there was one about... Uh, I'm lost in a sea of content, so I was yeah. like, "Hey, we're lost in a sea of content." And uh, these yeah. people, yeah. Well, it, it was their little stories, but they seem like they're not really lost so much in a sea of content <laughs> as, yeah, you know, they have you know, you uh, they do a YouTube show, and someone does reporting, someone does makes fashion. They all have booths. One of the guys was even there doing a signing up in the sales pavilion. Yeah, like okay, if you're lost in content, nobody would know. They wouldn't have you up there signing stuff. Or just, was it was it just them telling stories, or did they actually give any advice? Um, not really any advice. I get again. This is why I said in the video, like, and they wonder why instructional panels don't really fill up because it feels like a lot of the instructional panels are barely instructional. Well, sometimes it's or they don't impart much wisdom, if at all. Yeah, which sucks because you is we were trying to do more informative stuff. Right. Um, so the, the best panels that we went to were not... Well, you went to one about middle grade fiction. Yeah. Uh, magical middle grade. Uh, the camera got all uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> out of focus. Uh, uh, focus on that. And 
It's like a head okay. rush for the video. Uh, yeah, magical middle grade. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they were. Uh, it wasn't really like a. It wasn't meant to be like an advice panel, mm-hmm. but it was uh, the five middle grade authors uh, talking about their experience, uh, and uh, it was actually very interesting. Um, like one of them said, uh, like how surprisingly difficult middle grade is to write for compared to like uh, YA or adult, and uh, I get the feeling. Uh, at least one or two of them might have written for multiple demographics. Right. Um, <coughs> but again, it was interesting hearing them talking about their experience, how they got into writing middle grade, and uh, the how the, what they viewed as like the importance of writing middle grade, um, because like at that point in your life uh, is when uh, you is when fiction can help you a lot especially in the case of one of the authors if it can uh, help you uh get more in touch with uh who you are Mm -hmm. and help you understand yourself better and uh kids also see kids going through these experiences in the books and that can help help them either give them an escape or help them with something in their life and this is kind of when I, I'm not trying to get, go down this road, but this is kind of when stories about, you know, you know, gay teens or whatever they can see, they can see. Oh, this is kind of yeah. me, and find themselves in these kind of books, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they also uh, answered questions that were themed after their books, mm-hmm. like uh, let's see, school for good and evil. Uh, a question themed after that was like, "Would you go to the school for good or the school for evil?" Right. Uh, funny. Only one of them said. Only one of them uh, hard said like the school for good. Because <laughs> <laughs> evil would be more fun, I guess. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Or uh, like evil, but try to sneak into the school of good. What was what was it? Uh, uh, was it Billy Joel said, "Only the good die young." So, yeah. yeah. Another one was like uh, themed after. Uh, Freddy versus the Family Curse, mm-hmm. and the uh, question was basically like, if you could uh, talk to a dead uh, ancestor or relative, then who would you talk to? So the answer it was interesting how the answers varied and why. Uh, anyway, that was a actually fun panel and sort of uh, reinforced my notion of wanting to write a middle grade book. I would imagine that's kind of a you know it, it's not YA you know it's not you know young people to a point but you have to sort of be careful not to go too far or whatever right? Yeah. There are certain kind of parameters for things. Yeah. Uh, there's upper middle grade which sort of is like I guess you could say YA light mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that it can start to approach subject matter that's more common in YA without being YA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it gets to as close as it can without being that. So what is the age group? Uh, 8 to 12. 8 to 12. Is uh, middle grade. Okay. And you, can, and you can have some very successful stories in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. All right. Uh, I was like, so because of that, I've also been reading a lot of uh, 
since uh, once I figured out my book would be middle grade, I uh, started reading a lot of uh, middle grade stuff, mostly borrowing them from the library to like you know save money. Right. And I've it's actually fun reading that stuff even as oh. an adult. Okay. <laughs> or at least yeah. it can be because you know there's always. No matter what the demographic or the medium, there's always like good stuff and not so good stuff. <laughs> and, and and David Sedaris told you to contact his agent, right, when you're ready to send me your book? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't did it. At least now I have a direction. Yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway, with Magical Middle Grade, there was also a signing, so oh. I bought uh, some of the books. Yes. And I can show them all. Sure, why not? Uh, They're paid for. And uh, this is, I bought like from four of the authors. It's not a knock against the fifth one. Right, just didn't interest you. Yeah, that, that's all. Okay. Uh, you don't have to buy from everybody. Yeah. So we got uh, the first uh, School for Good and Evil book, which is also being adapted into a Netflix movie uh, by being directed by Paul Feig, so oh. I'm, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> could be good, could be uh, Paul yeah. Feig. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keeper of the Lost Cities, the first book. Uh, okay. Honestly, the thickness is a little intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I, some of these books can be really long. Yeah. Um, is it, did they talk about that at all? The uh, well, uh, Shannon Messenger actually talked about uh, how she has to keep, like her her books are have it's a little stress it's more stressful for her compared to the other authors that were there because uh, she uh, uh, she writes like eight hundred page books or whatever or she writes really long books and she has really tight deadlines so she has to constantly write to meet yeah, the deadlines right. so uh, she was. So that also affects uh, how her uh, output. So, as an example, Harry, was Harry Potter considered a middle grade book? Uh, yes, actually. And some people think it's YA, but it's actually middle grade. And some of those books are like you know eight hundred pages long. I yeah, mean, yeah. I just well, it doesn't help that, uh, from my understanding, in America we got the unabridged versions of the Harry Potter books. Okay. Whereas in the UK, they got uh, the actually edited version. Oh, okay, because it seemed like, yeah. So we have, and, and we read, have exclusive stuff. Reading some of it, I'm like, yeah, this could be edited a little yeah. bit. But okay, well, that's. Have or had, I don't know yeah. how they released that stuff. Okay, now. but it just, uh, they're like 800 pages long. And it, that's, that's a lot for, you gotta yeah. really hold somebody's interest. Yeah, so the others that uh, more immediately interested me okay. were uh, Freddy versus the Family Curse. Okay. And uh, Wretched Water Park. Okay. And uh, with Wretched Water Park, I'm remembering one of the questions also was uh, like uh, theme park food. Mm -hmm. And uh, they mentioned that uh, what was funny about the question was uh, churros are like actually important to the story. Because <laughs> the lack of churros is how they figure out that they're. Uh, <laughs> Not in. The oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That would be sort of a staple. Yeah. Um, uh, while I was at Comic Con, I also picked up another uh, book that I saw on a bunch of middle, a lot of middle grade lists. Okay. It was uh, the graphic novel Smile. Okay. And is that about somebody wearing braces? Uh, 
I actually did not read the back of the okay. blurb yet, yeah. but uh, I think it's because the main character wears braces. Okay. Uh, at least that's why the cover. Yeah. Uh, I figured I should read it. I guess the author was supposed to be there, but I saw like something crossed out at the Scholastic booth, so I guess that got canceled mm. for one reason or another, which is understandable, I suppose. I, I did pick up a graphic novel while I was there called Fade Out Yeah. by Ed Brubaker, and it was, I finished it, it was, you know, kind of what I expected. Yeah. It's, you know, it was good, but not, I don't know, kind of the ending kind of was a little, for me, could have been a little better, but that's just, I had expectations Yeah. that weren't met, but anyway, what do you got? Uh, so, I also, Char and I also got, uh, Something from Image. Sure. Uh, Stray Dogs, uh, which uh, we both went into a completely blind. Okay. And it's uh, it's it's actually really good. I can see why it uh, was a sleeper hit for them. What what attracted you to it? Well, uh, one thing that sometimes attracts us to a work is the art style looks interesting. Okay. Uh, in that case, uh, in the image banner, uh, the art style for Stray Dogs uh, more immediately stood out from everything else. So that made us curious. Uh, or that made Trevor curious. So then he, uh, when we got it, and uh, then after, as it turns out, uh, they also just released a follow-up companion called Dog Days. Okay. Well, sure, and I've also both read, and that's also worth reading as well. Okay, maybe we'll have that be a book club. Book club, club. yes. If you're, if you're potential just, book club. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We we have started a book club, uh, which we had the inaugural episode last week. Yes, it's for a, uh, Spy Family. Yeah. So instead of talking about Comic Con, then we talked about Spy Family, and yeah. so we're gonna we're reading. Black Sad for the next time, which yeah. is September. We're, for Black Sad, we're going to read the uh, first three stories. Right. Because of the different collections that are available. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. What else did you get? Um, well, among the other s stuff I got, uh, there were some signings that we did. Mm -hmm. And one of them was for uh, Charlie Benante from Anthrax. So he signed this. Okay. Uh Right there, mm -hmm. and uh, I also got him to sign the album uh, for All Kings uh, because that one uh, folds out and has oh. the portraits of the band members. So uh, he signed his hmm. portrait. That's pretty cool. And you saw Anthrax? Yeah, uh, I saw them live at the Welturn in 2017. I actually looked, checked the shirt that I got from there. <laughs> And uh, what was really cool about that show is that that was the only time they played uh, Carry On Wayward Son live. The Kansas song? Yeah, they covered it. <laughs> I'm sure it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. they actually uh, got a keyboardist uh, just for that song huh. for huh. the live show. Interesting. So it's the only time they ever played that. So he said we were really lucky to. <laughs> cool. See that. that was thanks to Sirius XM. Yes. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, so, what was your favorite panel? 
Okay, favorite panel. Uh, trying to remember the ones I went to. So it was Magical Metal Grade, two video game panels, and uh, one for uh, Hamster and Gretel. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, let's see, the video game panel, the video game career panels, which were both about different uh, ways of getting in, mm-hmm. uh, were both uh, legitimately informative, and I learned some actual advice. Like you mean they, instructional panel that was instructional? Yeah, like they finally I. Finally learned how to network. Oh, good. Because someone finally explained networking to me instead of just saying, go network. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, if you haven't been to a panel, they say, and you should do this, but they don't tell you how to actually do that. Yeah. So yeah. this time, I, so this, I like that they actually said how to do it. Good. Um, and uh, let's see, Magical Middle Grade was really fun, and so was uh, Hamster and Gretel. Surprisingly, we went to two about animation. Uh, one about '80s animation. Yeah, we also went to an X-Men panel and uh, one about uh, writing for TV animation in the '80s. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. This the stories and how they all kind of there was one woman that kind of made all their careers work. Yeah, I forgot her name, but uh, yeah. It was a, yeah, so just as a reminder, if we didn't say na- mention certain names while we're talking about things from Comic-Con, that's just because we don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. It's just a bad memory. We're not slighting anybody. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's I'm just purpose. a bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost two weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that was, that was kind of uh, hearing people's experiences. Yeah. Uh, was kind of enlightening and, and somewhat, I'm sure applicable to today but also at the same time probably unique to the time yeah because you know the 80s and that whole sounds like it was kind of a wide open wild west for a little while yeah um you always hear about when people like i broke in blah, blah, doing something and it was like oh that that doesn't exist anymore that opportunity's not there or whatever you know? yeah but, uh the x-men panel was interesting because we learned about the uh production of uh x-men some amount of the production of x-men animated series and uh how they actually found out about the popularity of the show yeah. and how they uh, rea- have reacted to it over the years uh got, like i said in the video it's like it's amazing how uh, passionate that fan base is, even though the show ended decades ago. I guess uh, it also helps that they're going to put out X Men '97 on Disney Plus. But it also it was a full. It was a full house. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty much. Yeah, and, th- and that was one thing that was kind of interesting about Comic Con. A lot of the panels weren't full. Yeah. And I think there was less people, and I think more people were being cautious about you know stuff. But, yeah. Um, it was it. it one of, the, my, one of my experiences is it seemed like it was easier to get around. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't as much. There weren't as many people, and there weren't some really big uh, exhibitors there, so it seemed like there was more room for some reason. Yeah. I'm sure that's not what Comic-Con's looking for. Yeah, less exhibitors. <laughs> but um, it just sort of seemed like uh, it was just it just seemed more open for some reason. Yeah. And there weren't as many pitch, pinch points as there used to be. Yeah. This, which I did on preview night, was like a breeze. Yeah. And usually it's like, you know, stand in line, see you next week kind of a deal. Yeah. And we we'll shut it down the last time we were there because of how Viz handled the, the sign, uh, some line. And we we'll shut down Comic-Con because yeah. of that. Oh, that's what they claimed they were going to do it. I think they'd have a riot they on their hand. They threatened to shut it down. They'd have a riot on their hand. And they said, because of this, everybody's got to go home. Yeah. Um, 
But and then uh, one of the things that I, it's kind of weird that I look forward to about San Diego is the food. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain restaurants we like to hit up. Yeah, and uh, shout outs to the Old Spaghetti Factory. Yes, it's a staple for us. Yeah, that was for sure. Yeah, and it was like I felt like we were prisoners, just out of prison, getting <laughs> our first meal. It was really good. And then we went to uh, Indio. Yeah. And we went to Lucha Libre and Pizza Ibera. Yeah. Which is a pizza place, and. He kind of felt special because the guy remembered us from three years ago. Yeah. Didn't know, didn't know our names, but he goes, you were here three years ago. Like, yeah, wow. Another people also like remembered us from three years ago, like uh, the artist uh, who does uh, Inky Drop, uh-huh. uh, like Plushes. She remembered us from like three years ago. Right. Like two or three years ago. Uh I forgot. Actually, forget the last time we saw her, but it was. But she again. She remembered us, so mm-hmm. that was cool. Even though we were wearing masks, masks. yeah. And then uh, Stir Richard, uh, who we have, uh, who we're gonna invite to be on the show, right? Uh, it was also a first for us is actually asking somebody we talked to to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, she recognized us after three years, even though we were wearing masks. It was the same with. Uh, Chris Ayers, uh, oh. who does uh, Daily Zoo, right? You and works you? at yeah, oh, cool. and works at he also works uh, on he works on uh, Monsters at Work, hmm. which was a good sh- series. Yeah, it still is. I guess it's still working on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was it was actually interesting how many people recognized us after or remembered us after yeah. three years. Yeah, that was weird, didn't it? And, yeah. and and talking to people, yeah, it's it's weird how you can kind of recognize people even if they're wearing a mask. Yeah. And one of uh, one of my favorite moments or memories from that was um, we uh, John Barber kind of met with us on a personal level and talked. It was nice. I like that. Yeah. It's the it's connecting with people. John Barber who's been on the show was used to be the editor at ITW, editor in chief at ITW. Yeah. Um, We'd met through a lot of different cons, and he was nice. You know, it just it was kind of like a friendly thing. It wasn't like it was no agenda or whatever. That was yeah. nice. I, I really that was kind of like kind of felt like oh, I kind of made it. You know, <laughs> somebody somebody's famous is talking to me. Like I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I really enjoyed that. All right. Uh, yeah. The one th- I think the one thing that was not very enjoyable about the con was the lack of carpeting. Yes. The of the hall. That made, made a very big difference. Hard. Yeah. That was probably a cost-cutting measure. Yeah. But you would think, I don't know. Uh, there was, like, one day where I could, like, barely walk after the... <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that you get, uh, you end up walking a lot. And some people walk more than others, obviously, if you're... But uh, you can walk seven or eight miles. Yeah. Especially because nothing is... Nothing is, you know... Everything's spread out. I mean, we had a panel at, at the library, which was like seven tenths of a mile away, right? Yeah. And then, and I had to. I went from that to a panel that was in Hall A, you know, or right above Hall A. So it was, you know, it's a long, yeah, commute to get to a panel, like a mile to get to a panel. Um, and then the the uh, for Hansel and 
Hamster and Gretel. Hamster and Gretel, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm not the first person to do that. <laughs> Hamster and Gretel, they gave us... Uh, to be fair, we've almost said that. So. <laughs> they gave us uh, you know, a, ticket. a ticket for, a, I'll say, a prize. Yeah, for a uh, giveaway. Giveaway, okay. Exclusive giveaway. Right. And that was like, that might as well be in, you know, another city yeah. <laughs> to walk to that thing. It's, it's the next hotel over, which is kind of like, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's kind of like, uh, the closest thing I can think of is in Vegas, when you walk from one hotel to another, it's like, you know, a mile. Yeah. Because the hotels are big. Yeah. And this was, uh, you had to walk all the way over there to, to get this. And, it was, and they already had run out of part of it, which I, mean, I bet they didn't get, it's my guess. Because yeah. they... We got there when they opened, and we were there when they got the th ticket after they closed. Yeah. But anyway, that was, uh, but we got that. That was fun. And actually, that made me feel better about that show. Yeah. Because, you know, it was, and then I was, as I was watching the panel, I was thinking, oh, he's doing it with his kid, and it's sort of based on him, and where does he get off? I was like, oh, wait, Power Squared's kind of like I work with my family, and it's kind of a, okay, yeah, so that's a good idea. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of, it, it was kind of a weird revelation for me. I was like, wait a minute, oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, like I said in the video, I wasn't sure at first with uh, Hamster and Gretel because of how uh, Milo Murphy's Lost Season 2 turned out. Yeah, the Doofenshmirtz show. Yeah, it turned into the Doofus first show there. But uh, uh, the way they talked about Hamster and Gretel gave me some hope for it. What was a little scary was they talked about, will Doofus shirts make an appearance? And, well, maybe. Like, oh, God, please don't. <laughs> I think he's, I think that's just his way of, like, confirming or, like, not confirming and not, and yeah. not, not confirming. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Like, not saying one way or the other. Yeah. And it was, we haven't, it didn't really show, really, they showed the opening. They showed uh, the, they basically showed the uh, cold open from the first episode. Right, and then stopped it, and so because well, they're not. What? If I'm, it was a, I think if they were screening an episode, they would have labeled it as a screening. Right. I, I'm not blaming them for that, but we didn't get to see really anything beyond that, so you don't really know. Supposedly the hamster's really good. Yeah. But you didn't really, I didn't really get a sense of that from the. But for now, I just have to take their word for it. Right. So anyway, so that was that was interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird to go to something and eh, not so sure, and you come out and go, oh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, mom also went to. Uh, she went. She saw a couple panels at the uh, Hilton. Uh huh. Without us. Yeah, the Hilton Bayfront. Uh, she saw the uh, Smiling Friends and uh, on the Primal panels. Mm -hmm. uh, she was really there for Primal, but she sat through uh, Smiling Friends. Yeah, right. She also sat through uh, uh, Gremlins right. panel, but we don't really care about that. Right. Uh, anyway, I watched. I, I was able to watch the Smiling Friends panel later on YouTube because uh, someone recorded it. Yeah. And uh, that's a show I like, and the panel was like really funny. <laughs> um, sometimes with, you know, they they seem to record most of the panels. Yeah. But they don't necessarily do something with them, and and then a lot of it has to do with legal uh, issues. I mean, they can, you know it's copyright stuff, and you gotta get clearances and all that. And yeah. That was one of the ideas behind Comic Con HQ, uh, SVOD service that kind of didn't quite get off the ground as much as they wanted to, and they wanted to use those kind of panels as part of what they would offer. Yeah. But 
yeah, it was hard to get clearances and everybody in the panel has to get, you know. So. Yeah, it was like legal stuff was yeah. stopping them from doing that. Right. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with Comic-Con? Uh, I think I felt more exhausted this time because afterwards because uh, it had been three years. Yeah. And I wasn't used to walking that much. Yeah, it was, uh, again, it's a lot of walking. And yeah, I think it would have helped if it was carpeted. <laughs> a little, probably a little bit. All right, anything else? Uh, I think that's about it. Okay. So until next time, I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. Uh, 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 uh.